I appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, thank man. Thank you so much. Has Fearless given you guys any insight to when you might go back to the office? Like, what's going on with you guys? Yeah, so, you know, we all hit this. I mean, literally Friday the 13th, I was out with some Fearless people at at tattoo shop, like getting Friday the 13th tattoos. Yeah. Like, thinking, you know, we'll be back in the office on Monday. Quickly learned, nope. Um, no, that's not true. And that was March, Friday the 13th. And we just had a big company call, and they were like, we can't tell you a date right now. But what we can tell you is if you have to put a put a timeline in your head of when you're going to go back, let's just say right now, September, which is crazy. Yeah, especially so, coming from I mean, March, I get like it. six months, in a sense. Six March, months, man. April, May, June, July, August, September. Yeah, six months. Quick math. Yep. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I've got a three-year-old at home. And uh, luckily, luckily, thankfully, my, my wife has been home as well. And she has not had to work in that time. So she's been able to really, like, give him full attention. So thankful for that. But um, he just went back to, to daycare Monday, like last Monday. Okay. So now I'm, like, finally, like, oh, I can work from home. This is no problem, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, September. So there's still quite a bit to go. I've had, I think, but I think – uh, let's see. I had John on. I'm, I'm I'm trying to collect all the fearless artists and and team um, team employees. Oh so, yeah, uh, man. I'm trying to get you all. August Burns right. I'm coming after you next. So watch out. Uh, sure. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> the guys, they're awesome. Yeah, they're sure. so they good. Um, but notably, you also work for the Grammys. I mean, currently you're at Fearless Records, and notably you work for the Grammys. That's pretty cool. Like I like. What was your uh, role in that? Like that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I, I wow. I was at the Grammys, the Recording Academy, technically for. 10 years um, before I came to Fearless. And I had several jobs over there. I started as an assistant, like right out of college um, for almost two years. But by the time I left, I was the head of rock, alternative and metal. Um, the genres, like the categories for the last five years that I was there. Um, and that's a really random thing to say out loud. And every time I say it, I'm like, that means nothing. But just basically, you're the like, you're the connector to the community and the recording academy for half the year doing outreach, going to festivals. That's how I actually met the whole Fearless gang was going to the APMAs year after year that they had it mm -hmm. um, and interviewing interviewing their artists. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like half the year. And the other half is you're literally just, you work on those categories. You verify all the entries. You know, I had probably like 3,000 entries across those categories. You just have to make sure they meet the guidelines and set up the committees that vote and listen and stuff. It was a pretty cool job. I was pretty, I was pretty burnt out of it because it's a cyclical thing. It, it, you know, every what month are we in June? Mm -hmm. Every June you do the exact same thing. Oh my god! You know? Yeah. Because it's based on the show calendar. Um, so I think I just I was ready to like move on and, and learn something new and get more actually involved with the bands because that was my goal mm -hmm. since I was a kid is work with the bands. Yeah. So you're just taking the submissions, listening to them entirely, and like, okay, now I got to make a decision. And would you work? I'm sure you would work with a group of people under you, like in that department. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I hate to say this. I feel really bad actually saying that. But, you know, the cool on the one hand, the cool thing is you're listening to everything in your in your genre that came out in a year. So I felt always like super on top of everything mm -hmm. in the in metal and alternative and rock. But unfortunately, when, when I say everything, I mean, everything. everything. Yeah, that's there's some style. bad stuff. But there's some. <laughs> There's some stuff that is like, what? This, but you have to listen to it, and everything deserves a fair shot. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for someone else. Mm -hmm. But I heard a lot of 
not really good music as well yeah, over all those years. For sure. I mean, I can only imagine submission. I can only imagine being in that role because, like, if you're Kevin Lyman from Warped Tour or, or, or my um, my label owner, uh, Jeremy Weiss, he hosts a uh, launch music conference, and they go through a bunch of submissions. So I'm sure they're going to get, you know, some very big oh, yeah. bands that are just starting. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, you know, but you have to treat, we treat them all equal. Sure, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They, I will give them credit. They treat everything, they get everything. It's it's due diligence and they get it. It's same listen as, as everything you know. Um, and, you know, sometimes you do find like that, that diamond in there. You're like, wait, who is this? Right, seriously. Wait, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, then Grammys. you went to Fearless uh, after that, I mean, did you, because you met them through your job at the Grammys, did you kind of take mm-hmm. the initiative to be say, Hey, you know, what positions do you have for this opportunity? Yeah. So I, a couple of the teammates specifically, um, we were like really close, me and another coworker at, at the Grammys and, and he and I met up with, um, you know, the team, uh, from fearless many times for drinks, dinners, whatever, just cause they're, they're just such good people. And we connect on such a, you know, we're all covered in tattoos and, yeah. you know, got, it's just the same lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. at the Grammys, I'm like one of the youngest people there. And now at fearless, I'm just completely amongst my like equals, you know, yeah, that's your generation. Um, so yeah. So exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, just one of those times we were out for drinks and, you know, I, I think I was just like, <laughs> I'd like to work for you. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. Be blunt real quick. Uh, you yeah. should really fucking take and me I, on. Like. And I know in the moment they were like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you. Okay, see you next week, right? right. But then I remember I ended up getting a call from our then president. And she was like, were you serious about uh, wanting to work for us? Just curious. And I was like, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Please, <laughs> Please take me. <laughs> Um, and she was like, cause you know, we're, we're growing, you know, this was right when fear, well, not right when, but fearless had just been acquired by Concord mm-hmm. and just becoming a bigger thing, you know, uh, becoming really just a powerhouse in, in this genre, this scene. And so they were like, we're expanding, you know, we want to get another product manager. And I was like, I love this. Yep. Yes, please. Huh. I wonder if you went into that job with fearless around the same time pop goes punk came out. Maybe. So so my first release that I had as a product manager was um, was pop. No, it was punk goes acoustic. Okay, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, that was a pretty good one too. Yeah. So that was my first one, but you know, it's only been. I mean, gosh, they're on. I think the last pop, punk goes pop punk goes was pop. number seven. Yes. And that was a few years ago, um, but yeah, that was. A, I mean, my God, I grew up on so many punk goes pop tracks yeah. as a as a teenager. That was an ingenious idea. I mean, you know, it was. It was something that they took the song and just completely formed it into whatever the band was, you know, working with at the time, the metalcore, the pop punk, the, yep. the alternative. And, and, they, and the production was so, so good. Like, it was it was insane. I think that was an ingenious idea by Fearless. Because that, that, oh, that yeah. really just put them on the spot um, in general. But I hear so many great things about the label in general. And, like, I, you know, go back and forth with, you know, on Twitter or some direct messages. Like, they're just sweet, humble people. You guys just you know, work hard. I'm, I feel I, I could not be happier. Truthfully. Like this was, I'm the job itself is it's hard. I mean, I, every day it's challenging. I'm juggling a lot. Um, you know, just a lot of personalities and, um, but I am so grateful because I'm learning like a skill and something that I've always wanted to learn, you know, yeah. just as like a young person, like I was in bands growing up for, I mean, forever, um, listening to fearless, you know, uh, artists and, it's crazy that now I'm like 
behind that curtain. There's only like 10 of us. There's only like 10 people. Oh, wow. That's not that much. 10 or yeah. 12. I mean, yeah. no, it's a tiny team. And most of that team, dude, most of that team has been together for, I mean, years. Like half the team has been there for 10 years. Right. You know, That's incredible. and so they've, they've seen a lot of change. They've seen a lot of these, you know, records that are now like so important to us and, and other, you know, young people everywhere. And it's pretty humbling to be a part of it. I'm, I'm really grateful. What's the challenging part of being in such a, you know, a collaborative team like that? I mean, there has to be new innovative ways to kind of get that, to create a marketing, you know, idea of how to release music. There's gotta be, like, what are those significant challenges that usually is a common thing that you guys would acquire? Well, I will say for me personally, the biggest challenge is coming in was learning the language, you know, like a product manager. What I do now is like you are you're literally your existence is to drive the vision of your artist, like to everybody, mm -hmm. not just your internal team, like fearless. But now we're at Concord, and we have the whole shared services. So it's like every week we I have to basically like continue to push like here's what, you know, Star Set's doing. And this is why it's amazing and unique. And and then you have to switch gears over to, you know somebody else and say why they're so important. And that for me was like, I love talking and I love, I have no problem talking to groups of people, but, um, but the language itself was completely new. You know, I, I spoke this recording Academy Grammy language that was its own thing, you know, and I, I spoke it for 10 years. And so coming into the label world, having to talk about rollout campaigns and impact dates and, you know, marketing plans. And like, it was, you know, seems foreign speaking that, speaking that was different, you know, it was hard. And I think that's what was the hardest thing for me personally. And then obviously on top of it, it's a new team. It is really small. So it's really delicate. And I think everyone was probably a little nervous. They didn't know who I was probably a little nervous. Like, who's this guy, mm. you know, yeah. who is this? can we cuss on here? Yeah, I can. almost did. No, I, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. For sure. <laughs> like, who's this fucking guy? Yeah, you know? I gotta start saying these um, words in the beginning because people are like, can I? I'm like, yeah. And I say, fuck shit, <laughs> piss ass, motherfucker. I, what, the, what, uh, the, that blink song, right? I, I, dude, like, it's so oh, it's funny. Best, I'm showing yeah. your booty hole by Samson. But anyways, <laughs> God, I, I miss my, my, Legends. my fucking, my child. But yeah, I hope I answered your question, but that was definitely like the hardest part for me. That's what I was most nervous about is, is getting that confidence to, to, to show the team that I do, I do bring a value, um, you know, and, and have ideas and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. That's interesting. Like, and, and you, do you, how, how often do the bands kind of also give you or give you their, their, uh, two cents in a way, you know what I mean? Like, um, I would, I'll tell you this, it depends certainly on the, the band. Um, but our, complete like workflow is we would never do something without appro approval by the band and management sure. together. It has to be like a collaborative thing. Otherwise we're going to lose our trust. That relationship is so important. Um, but it's cool because some of our bands who have like a really strong artistic vision like star set or IDK, how um, like basically we're just like, you tell us your vision and we'll tell you how we're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's not the case for all our bands. Some of our bands don't have a narrative element. You know, they're just a really great, you know, metal band or something. Mm -hmm. And so that is more of like, we as a group will, will come up with all these ideas of things we can do and, and run it by them. And then they'll be like, yeah, we like this. We don't like that. And we'll just kind of go from there. That's how we get the ball rolling. But when it's narrative driven, oh my gosh, I mean, we, we need that band, the band to kind of start the conversation, you know, cause we don't want to, we don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the artistic value going behind everything too. I mean, everything just kind of has to be in like a quality uh, standard, which we were talking about before I started the live stream. I mean, I, the content 
there's nothing there content is needs to be identified as as a quality instead of a quantity because no matter how much yeah well, no how much content you put out there that kind of doesn't draw attention immediately you're 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 not appealing already from the start and yeah. you gotta kind of rethink and reevaluate how to go about it but i don't know how you feel about that what do you, what do you suggest for for bands or artists that are trying to get themselves more out there in a, in a, in a, and try to have and apply that marketing mind to their music. Well, that's the thing. And, and I, I love that we're talking about this because this is something we're trying to figure out every day with everything, how the world's changing. And um, But think about it. Before quarantine, before COVID, before 2020 and this crazy episode of Jumanji began, like there was already a lot of noise. There's already like so much music coming out every day, so much content every day, you know, but at that time, there really, not many people were really utilizing the live stream technology on either, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it just wasn't really like a big thing. And now, you know, everyone was like, okay, how do we bring the live experience to the fans? Live stream it, like, let's go, jumped on it. And all of our bands come up with unique content outside of just um, performing, like what else can we do live and interact with the fans, blah, blah, blah. But now, just a few months into it, how how bored are you of live streams? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people are getting there already. It's a little bit of fatigue, you know? So now we're like already like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Or how do you take the live stream and kind of like hack this traditional technology into something new? And, you know, everyone's always trying to figure out what is, where are we going to be, you know, in 2021? That's where we got to try to get there now. Like what's going to be the hit thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like we were kind of saying before, it depends on your audience depends in the band. So if you're a, a new band, a baby band, you're trying to just acquire fans, you probably don't want to focus too much on just like random personality based stuff. I mean, you can, it's great. You got to show who you are, but that's not what's going to pull people in. You know, your music is, is going to be like what you want people to, to love you for and come in for. So you probably keep that content around your music or the writing process or getting in the studio. Or if you work with a producer that has a following interview, the producer, um, you know, but if you're like an established band um, and, y you know, you already have a ton of music out, you can reimagine that music. You know, you can do acoustic performances, you can get remixes, you can do playthroughs, um, you know, anything like that. But then on top of it, the personality stuff will work because you probably got a fan base who just wants to know more about you now because they know your music, you know? Yeah, very true. And I tried to implement this when I was, you know, growing up and being in bands and being in unsuccessful bands and being in a successful band like I'm in now. But the yeah. thing is, I would always try to preach, the music comes first, obviously, because that's your connection and that's your art. And then followed yeah. by creative content, um, a, a marketing kind of campaign of some sort. Um, yeah. Then you're touring, then your local shows. Then So it's, it is a step-by-step -step process. I mean, if, if to do a little research... That will that it will significantly help any act that's like starting off from the beginning, um, which is which is which is great. And I never I never really thought about it until um, I you know I started I took lessons with one of my mentors and he he said this is music and this is music business and like one has nothing to do with the other. And I was like holy shit! And then like yeah. that stuck with me for I think like mm. since I was sixteen seventeen, and yeah. it works. And then but you played in bands too, so you already had yeah. that marketing mind of doing things like do you remember anything like specific that you did that kind of put your band in like a, a, a nice little highlight at, at, at a time yeah uh, something that we did that was um that at the time i don't really think anyone had done before that um we tried to do a few years in a row we we hosted a um uh, a music video festival 
uh, it was, we called it the Ocelot Robot Film Festival, mm -hmm. but really it was, we, we collected entries for music videos and we had a couple of different categories or whatever, but this was probably the coolest thing we did after all those years is we got, you know, hundreds of submissions, like kind of like, you know, it was perfect because we were at the, a couple of us were at the Grammys at the time. We were kind of used to the submission and entry process and screening process. But yeah, we, um, you know, we hosted a big event at a, at a local bar here a couple of years in a row and had bands perform and we announced the winners and, um, you know, other giveaways and that kind of thing and made trophies. I mean, it was legit. And that was super cool because you know what, it, it had nothing to do with us. But what we were really trying to do was to build this community of, you know, of musicians, of artists. And like, you know, we were a part of that and we wanted to get to know the other people. And, and we went way outside of our genre of just, you know, rock. It was like we had rappers, we had, I mean, yeah. singer songwriters, all kinds of stuff. That was one thing we did that we really loved. Um, and I, I was just actually talking to my buddy who, was, who I was in the band with forever, um, like a couple of days ago. And I was like, man, I wish I knew everything I knew now when we were in the band because right. it was like i just learned so much this past couple of years you know but it was also a different time everything i know now maybe wouldn't even even have worked back then i don't know mm -hmm. no that's true because when back then i mean the myspace days there was ways of kind of utilizing you know that platform yeah. to get yourself out there and now that that's gone i mean i remember facebook being kind of put into a category of of a like a disappointment for us because there was bands that were buying likes or there was bands that um which is mm -hmm, fine mm -hmm. trying to advertise and i remember specifically in 2013-14 it you would promote but i facebook just could not like hold up this advertisement of these not i guess they weren't fake profiles but our biggest fan base was in each of them like guys this doesn't make yes. sense like why are we doing this please we have 23,000 followers and nobody's coming out to these local shows. Why is our fan base in Egypt? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to get to Egypt. Got to get yeah, to Egypt. Got to go to Cairo right now. Like, hop on that plane. <laughs> like, just, just ship ourselves out. It made no sense. But and but like you said, it's such a it it transcends consistently, and you're always constantly learning something, which is which is cool. Um, yeah, and that'll never change. And with the live streaming, like we were saying earlier, um, I don't think it's being oversaturated. But the cool thing. What's up? That's my little boy. Sorry. That's <laughs> no, okay. He's cool. One sec, buddy. No, Sorry. No, it's okay. I think... It's the real world. <laughs> he just wants to hang with dad and chill. How old is he? Three? Four? He's, he's three, yeah. Yeah. So, when daycare, why... When did they... When did everything open? Are you guys yellow now? He just went back Monday. Just Monday. Yeah. After three months. And it's yellow now? This, the state of California? I have no idea. Actually, what I do know is that our daycare never officially closed. They, uh, I, I know schools all did, but daycare in California anyways was considered an essential business because of, they had to make sure that essential workers had a place to drop off their kids. Huh. But we just chose not to, I mean, every parent that we went chose not to drop their kid Correct. off. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we all felt like, I think now there's standards in place, hand washing, temperature checking, whatever, you know, Good. and, yeah, the safer the better. Sorry, no, it's okay, dude. It, dude, that's life, man. Like, I don't care. I usually go. With the, I usually go with the flow. Nine times out of ten, the only time I I don't I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm, I don't even know what I'm getting myself into in my own head. Um, but, <laughs> but I did want to say really quick yeah. back to what we were saying, just super quick. We were talking about putting out content because I do think this is the the key thing, anyways. Just to remember is it's just consistency. Mm -hmm. If you can get your fan base to expect something every Tuesday 
or every Thursday, I mean, every week you're going to win, you know, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just did. I didn't, I didn't want it to sound like there was some harder, fast rule. Like, like, you know, like you said it, you said it perfectly. It all comes back to the music. You can buy likes, you can buy whatever you want to buy and make something look a certain way. And that's fine. But that always hits a wall anyways, because if you, you know, if like, say you're looking at a label that to, to sign you, or you're looking at, um, I don't know, an opportunity to be on a, uh, I don't know, a mixtape or something, but there's a threshold or something, I don't know, you know, they're going to be like, oh, a lot of likes, let's look at their engagement. And then they look at the post itself and has like 20 likes and like uh, one comment, something seems off there, Mm -hmm. you know, so like, it's just, it always comes back to what are you putting out, you know, Mm -hmm. and we, I used to say this all the time when I would talk to bands at the Grammys, like, I'd be like, never, ever make something to win a Grammy. That should never be your goal. Like you just need to focus on your art, mm-hmm. you know, perfect your art, like have your, your vision be real, you know, because then you'll feel complete as a person too. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, if the goal is just to win a Grammy or just to be on a radio station or whatever, it, it's going to be hard because if that takes longer than you want it to, to get there, you're just going to, you might give up or something or, or get hard on yourself. And it doesn't mean anything about what you're creating. Oh God, now I'm getting preachy I hate myself. <laughs> but it's it's something that like you you're distracting yourself from the ultimate goal with creating your own positive art. Like in your in your sense. Or yeah, negative exactly. art. Art, can, art is art. And it's it might be like, oh, you never know. Like I might win a Grammy one day. I don't know. Like you it might be a goal, sure. but don't make that like you said, the the very sole thing that you're trying to aim for because you're never gonna be able to please with yourself. And you can't please totally. everybody. You just gotta do what you're into oh man yeah. is that is that a lesson right there or Dude. what like you can't please everybody that is seriously such a hard thing to like I'll, we i talk about this with my bands all the time mm-hmm. um they'll want they'll want to write something and, they, and maybe they'll choose not to use a certain lyric because they don't want to um uh and i don't mean offend but they just don't want to like neglect a certain audience or something mm-hmm. and i'm like look man like um if if you are trying to get everybody you'll end up getting nobody you know, but if you want to get a diehard fan base, like find your niche or find that that scene and just go get them. You know. Yep. Exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, I, perfect example. Was, Periphery did that when they released P three. P four came out. and They were like, "This is just letting you know. This is what we just wanted to do. Like, we wanted to totally. Have I love ourselves. that. I'm so about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Especially right now. Especially, Especially right now. now. There's a lot of like, there's no rules, man. Mm-hmm. Just just put out what you want to put out if you're able to. Mm-hmm. If you're able to do that. One of the things I suggest is you know, those ten second intro catchy. That way, someone you know when they stream it, they go right into it. That's all. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You might. Yeah. You might only have ten seconds to grab somebody. You know. Yeah. That's what our A and R times. They 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 spend all their time on that kind of stuff. But this is going to sound really cheesy too. It's kind of off topic, but kind of relates. But I love Newfound Glory. Oh, oh man, I am. It's like I just grew up on them. Like so young. I saw them um, back but, at, oh, in New Jersey, House of Independence. Yeah, that was a great show they put on. Man, it was a great I, show. My sister and I, massive fans. We've seen them probably like I don't know, at least like ten times just over the years. I love them so much. But um, they have a lyric. It's like if you if you don't have enemies, you've never stood for anything, I think is something like that. And I just like always think about that. I'm like, that's so true, man. Like, don't worry about trying to make everybody happy. Like just stand for what you believe in and and do what you want to do and be a, be an artist, you know, like seriously, I dude, it took me so long. It's not always easy. 
Like I was trying to please everybody being in a group with guys. Dude, I still am. I have not figured it out. Like I just can't. Yeah. It's bad. It's not good. It's, it's, it's something that it takes a little bit to learn and over time. And that's okay. Like it shit happens. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I'm, if mm-hmm. I'm in the band, I'm like, you know, I'll do as much as I can because I want to be on that next level. And then, you know, some yeah. like, you know, the bands that I'm talking about in the past, and sometimes they wouldn't put up as much of an effort or, which doesn't matter. That's not like, I'm not, you know, going to, blast them for it it's just that's their dedication that's what that's how the industry works but i'm trying to please them and i'm like i just can't i just gotta find a new band like i i like i would knew when there was an expiration date i'm like all right i gotta go find another band totally just move on (laughs) (laughs) like discreetly you know i'm like uh, like looking it's like we're lucky man look being being an artist is is the coolest job that exists you are you're able you're expressing yourself at the core in the format that you've chosen like there is no better job you know but that does not mean it's an easy job because it's not no it's one of the hardest jobs literally in the world and my mentor when i told him i was like i want to be a musician like full-time i was like 16 he's like i'm gonna tell you what i told my son don't do it (laughs) don't do it you know what i did exactly i did it and so did he yeah of course because you're an artist exactly and so did he it's i think it's reverse psychology (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. it worked out great that's the thing if you if you want to be a musician or any artist because you want to be rich you are your goals are all yeah. off some people if you want to yeah. it works out sure yeah. it works that way for some people mm-hmm. but if that's like what you're thinking about uh-uh. if you want to be an artist or a musician because you want to be famous your goals are all off mm-hmm. you know an artist is it's got you've got a message that you have to get out there you know and whatever you know if it's painted if it's written, if it's sung, if it's visual, you know, that's what it's about, you know? And I, I, that's why I, I'm just so thankful for this job. I get to work with real artists, you know, people who have a vision and I get to help them do it. I mean, it's all them. I'm taking zero credit, but I get to help them make it into people's faces and ears, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, build that narrative and try to relate in the modern times, which is crazy because I don't feel like the live streaming is oversaturated because there is really nothing else to do. However, I mean, you know, but everybody's doing it. I mean, like I was telling you, I mean, I started this podcast before the quarantine because Kevin Lyman said yes. And then we worked out and it was a snowball effect. And then soon Mm -hmm. after the quarantine, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, you know, now I gotta actually like keep going and see what going. Yeah. Yeah. So, I enjoyed well, I the said. good news, I'll tell you, I did hear, I'm so sorry, there but I go. have heard from our, our, our digital team, though, that podcasting is like this right now. Just like, really? Like, just oh, yeah. The consumption the of podcasts are just like exploding. That's, that's, so you're in a good spot. Eh, for now. I mean, I just enjoy it, man. It was just one of those things. Like, like I said, like we were just literally just talking about like, I wouldn't start exactly. if I'm not enjoying it. Like, I'm not logging this for clout or for fame. And some people are going to holler at me for saying the word clout, but um oh whatever dude i mean look you're great like i dude you're so fun to talk to you're such a nice guy and you're smart and you're passionate like dude that's all you need man just like be just be excellent to each other literally we're this huge community and let's just literally have the greatest time that we possibly can that's all i ever ever believed in like like entertainment los angeles i mean i don't know man i'm there's so much bad shit out there. Like people are just stepping on people, walking on people, using people. Like, you know, some, some of those people might get really successful doing that. And plenty of them are going to go higher faster than me because they choose to do that. But like, 
why like what's it what what's the value of that like i don't want to be known to be like that you don't want to be known to be like no. that like i don't know some people just i don't know where i'm going with this no because I've, I've experienced it before and it's when we were in a community in the metalcore scene back in 2013 12 it was a little toxic i'm like wow this is competitive this is really strange like really strange yeah. i never thought anything of that kind of nature um but you know it's completely changing now the community that I'm in now everybody's extremely supportive and just wants the best it's wonderful dude. yeah it's so fantastic do you I mean there is a world there's a world where competition where res- like creative restraints mm. are helpful for sure um, they can they can help you maybe try something different or um, you know pick up a new skill or something but you know yeah in general like yeah, yeah. well not for me anyways how about for that sure no I totally feel you wait what do you play though guitar drums bass, bass? And you did that since you were like what, uh, high school or before that? Yeah, I mean, probably probably sophomore in high school because I played trumpet since I was in like fourth grade. Oh, so cool. I lo- I knew I, was, I loved music forever. This was in Illinois. In Illinois, I grew. That's where I was born in Chicago, a suburb. That's um. They started band really young, and then I moved to Arizona, and like I was first chair because everyone just started playing their instrument like that year or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just a few years ahead of everybody. Um, but yeah, then my best friend at the time picked up a bass and showed me this guy named Victor Wooten, who I love incredible bass player. Um, and yeah, I just got hooked and I, that Christmas asked my parents for, uh, you know, as Santa, sorry, I don't know who the viewers are, um, <laughs> got a bass for Christmas and yeah. And now, and then ever since, yes, I've been in multiple bands since then. Yeah. That's so cool. And then you just implement. I didn't even ask you, what do you do? Drum. I drum. Yeah, oh my man, drum dude, drums are what life. I wish. It's a little I would love loud, to play and drums. I don't. It's so funny because people think, I, "How do you get? Do you get sick of carrying around those things when you go to get a gig?" Nah, dude, just, just enjoy it, man. Yeah, like, yeah, you're a drummer. Yeah, I just want to hit things, you know, on time. I, click. I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I, I attempt drumming all the time, or used to in rehearsal spaces because I love right. it. But I would love to like formally learn and just become so dedicated to that i love drums dude i'll definitely throw yeah. some tips or something if you have a kid or something like, please let's go well that's the thing i'm like with with my my son his name is jet i'm like jet what you can do whatever you want but you're definitely gonna learn drums <laughs> <laughs> he has to and yeah. you're gonna take out his dad's passion dude his hair is long too that was crazy i was like oh yeah dude, he's gonna be like a skater surfer musician like all that jazz like cali kid it blows my mind. His birth certificate says he was born in Santa Monica, California. That, like, to me, as a kid who... I was born in a town called Mokina, Illinois, that no one's ever heard Never. of. Like, to think that I'd have a son with Santa Monica, California on his birth certificate, like, it's just crazy to me. So, like, yeah, he's going to be a California That's kid. That's so badass. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I do. I always wanted to sing, though, or, or kind of, like, do screaming. I can kind of, like, totally. manipulate it. Be an Aaron Gillespie? Yeah. Dude. Huge inspiration, man. I would love to have him on. I met him... At Launch Music Conference 2016, no, 2018, it was the 10th year. Really humble guy. Him and Spencer, they were so burnt out, though. They were kind, because they did an acoustic act there at the yeah. Chameleon Club in Lancaster, but they were just, they are exhausted because they released that new album from Fearless Records, which sounds amazing. And I'll go after that and yeah. see if I can get Aaron. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, Those guys are so awesome. They are. And together, they're hysterical. Really? Like, those two are... Like I, we've got all these stories that we've captured for them to put out as just like additional content. And I've just like, they're insane together. They're so funny. Like, and some of the things that they've experienced in their lives are just like hard to believe, just silly, 
Uh, but their dynamic with each other is, I'm just, I, I really, I really enjoy that. Is that great? Do guy. you have a favorite uh, when you work with these bands, or are they like, you know, there is no favorite child. They're all your favorite kind of thing. Like, I do have to completely be like, it would be very obvious, I think, if there were favorites, mm-hmm. because you would like, I don't know. It'd be it'd be hard to actually act if you had a favorite. You yeah, know, true. you're so involved. I mean, there are certain. No, you're, no, I'm just saying. We're just, we're just, it's it, you know it'd be it'd be easier if we were in person too because like it's just it, it, there's a little bit of delay. But if you're so involved oh, with okay. them, it's great because of the fact that you know you're learning not only about them but about their art and their brand and like it's probably like you said it's not easy. You can't really pick favorites. Totally. Well, and also on top of it, you know, like musically, I've got a band, Varials, just like hardcore, you know, just great fucking band, you know, and then we've got a band on a label called, you know, My Kid Brother. I mean, the the span of those sounds are just, it's a really big, big net that we kind of cast, like this kind of like alternative rock. And then it's just like hardcore, you know, metal band. Like, so that's also a thing, you know, like if, I feel like maybe it'd be easier if we like put them head to head, you know, like same sound kind of thing, but mm. they're all great. I, I'm just, like I said, it's just so cool to be amongst all of them, you know, and, and get to work with them all like word alive. The word alive has been on the label for Ooh, 10 years, man. Time. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and, and I got to put out monomania with those guys and like, I just, it's so cool to me. I'm like, wow, like this is a big deal. Like you guys have been here forever. You're legends of the scene and the label. Mm-hmm. No shelf life, no, no. just completely, you know, pushing forward with everything. And they, you know, evolved oh, yeah. and transcended into uh, greater uh, artistic um, tunes that they've been that they've been putting out there. Uh, I'm personally yep. stoked for Chunk. There's a whole scene that is really, yeah. really stoked. Because we everybody thought that they kind of retired or just quit or yep. whatever. But now, I mean... Seems like the yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you were watching. We had that fearless at home, like kind of live stream festival thing we put together. Yeah, it was. Did you see when when you popped up? Yeah. So that was a pretty exciting moment. We were excited to throw that little, that little Easter egg in there. But yeah, he popped up. He's like, I know there's been a lot of question if we broke up. He's like, I'm here to tell you, we have not. (laughs) (laughs) And I did hear. I will tell you, I've heard. I've heard a new a new demo, and it's awesome. Awesome. There's a whole group called the Revive Easy Core. Uh, on Facebook, and that is basically mm-hmm. like their tier god of that group is Chunk No Captain Chunk, like of the starters of the Easy Core. It's so cool. But when they announced it, what it kind of revived man. that group because there hasn't been much Easy Core as a genre out there as much. So maybe that'll kind of you know help them out a little bit. Like I have to give a huge shout out to someone on our team. Her name is Claire. She's an angel. Her license plate says Easy Core. <laughs> Let's go, she's a, she's a legend. Oh, my God. And she, I'm sure, like, maybe she has a favorite. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Can only imagine. Yeah, huh. Claire, who's your favorite? <laughs> and and you, uh, do you, I mean, how often do you work with John Howe? I, I recently had him as, you know, the animator of uh, Fearless. How often do you guys work together? He's, he's a really good uh, fucking friend of mine. He's all nice. the time. Yeah. I mean, he's, I would first and foremost say he is a great friend of mine. I really love that guy such a kind soul oh my god a wonderful friend back um but yeah he uh you know i met him my first day he was he didn't live here at the time he was this was the old fearless office he was just visiting i think finalizing i don't know if i had this wrong but maybe finalizing his like um some immigration stuff i think potentially signing paperwork um because you know he's british um Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, I mean, every in the office, he actually sits directly behind me. So all day long, we're just fucking around and I mean, working fucking around, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, he, you know, he, he touches everything. If you look at this guy's Dropbox folder on Dropbox, you'd be, I mean, for star set alone, I think we counted it. I think he did over 500 animations Jesus just Christ. for the rollout of that record, just for that one. Oh my God. And so, you know, he, he works on every single artist on every release on every bridge track. I mean, my God, the guy's an animal. Yeah, he literally deserves We're very it. lucky to have yeah, him. He deserves it. The team seems like it's so well-rounded and so passionate, which is great. Now, like, like, cause I'm still a little unknown to what you usually do on a daily basis, but like walk me through like a start of, um, how you go about coming up with a marketing campaign for, let's say like under Oath, in a sense, like what was like, what was your first initial step in general? Well, the way, I mean, I think it's maybe a little different. So there's, there's three product managers, uh, product managers at Fearless, me, Nona and Anna. And so we basically split the roster into thirds is how we do it. So I, under Oath is, um, is Anna actually, and she's in New York. Okay. But what I like, what I would do with any of these releases, like it all kind of starts with, like we were saying before, what's the vision of this record? Like, what's the inspiration? What are these songs about? So it's just like talking to the band, talking to the artist, you know, with the manager and be like, tell us this bit. What is this? Um, you know, why did you do this? What's it about? And then we'll talk about some like basic goals that you want to like reach. They could be like, they could be streaming goals. They could be playlists. They could be consumption goals. They could be, uh, I mean, my God, anything, but we try to get them as top level as we can. And then on our marketing plans, it's broken up by every department, you know, from press to digital, to content, to sales, um, international. And then we just break those all out and go, okay, from each of these departments, what can we do to hit these goals? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but really the day-to-day is like, it's just all timeline building. Um developing creative ideas like you're really the point person between the band and every team you know so a big part of being a product manager is the actual product like making the physical cd vinyl whatever variant you know cassettes anything digital streaming so you have to get all those parts you know so you have to get lyrics all the the tech copy the credits um you're just the in-between person. You're, you're just the product, your product, you're the project manager for the whole release and the whole campaign. So, mm-hmm. you know, anything from any team has to just go through you. Mm-hmm. God, I hope I even, <laughs> did that even make any sense? No, it what does. do I yeah, do? No. Well, it's, it's one of the, well, you're, you're uh, essentially, there's a lot of grunt work that goes to it. Like you said, the lyrics, the content, um, yeah. like, you know, uploading it, make sure everything's aligned, blah, 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 like kind of go down the list that you're ready for a rollout for a timeline. And what's the average totally. timeline? Usually, like three, four months. Like usually, like in quarters. Well, so it changed now. So something that you know we were, we were talking about just before we got on was all we used to really talk about was the album cycle. And the album cycle, again, with touring, could probably be like let's say two years for like a big band or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the rollout, which might be a couple months um, with a tour, but then they're going to go abroad to maybe Australia for a little bit. And then they're going to come back and do Europe and then they're going to do a headline tour. And then touring used to be a really big part of that timeline. And it's not right now. So now the timeline's like, okay, is there a radio component? You know, you're going to have station visits, whatever, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, the timeline is 
kind of forever right. now. It's like, it's just your artist timeline. It's not even about an album anymore. It's about like, what are you doing as an artist every week to continually drive to the record, but also to like your catalog, your previous releases, your merch business, um, you know, your music videos, your content. Oh my God, yeah, I'm exhausted really. even talking about it. <laughs> but it's a lot. It's I want to pick all your brain a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And and some bands, you know, they have, like you said, they have ideas, or sometimes they don't. Um, but it's important mm-hmm. that the behind the curtain jobs are there to implement the best way of putting that music out there in general. You know, through an yeah. overall. And you know, we've got our little we've got our little book of secrets and things that we like to just kind of like do for everybody mm-hmm. that we know work um, with all the data that's been collected over all these years and all these bands. Um, but we try to tailor each release to that, you know, to who the band is or who the artist is. Cause it's got to fit their voice. That's a big part of the, you know, the, the social strategy is it has to be in their voice, you know, yeah, that is true. That you can do the same thing for every band, but it still has to be tailored, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. It just needs to be tailored to exactly how you kind of work with that project. And it's, and, and it's unfortunate with the pandemic going on, but I don't think that we're going to have shows. I keep talking about this, but I hope it doesn't happen. But yeah. I think we're not going to have shows until 2021. It seems like we're kind of on that path already, which is... I think we are. I mean, from the little things that, you know, I've heard from our our president and just from the touring world and stuff, it seems like, here's the thing, even if individual states get to a place where like, okay, we'll, we'll allow large gatherings of say, I don't know, say 200 people max mm-hmm. or something. And even that, they're gonna. The venue is gonna have things they have to do to make that okay. I'm sure, um, you know, social distancing stuff probably still. But even if that's the case, even if you get some venues 200 cap in certain states, and this wouldn't be national, who do you think is gonna get those those venues? I mean, the biggest bands on the planet, right? right. Like, you're now you've got a band. You know, most uh, any band at Fearless can sell out a 200 cap room. For sure, 100%. But so they're all starving for touring. So now you've got a band that that's usually their venue size competing against stadium bands who are also missing out on touring, you know, who can, it would be amazing to, to have a 200 person, you know, show, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, you just, does that make sense? Like no, you just can't does. compete now with, yeah. it's every level of artists now competing for these tiny venues. Right. Once Our bands aren't going to get once them. Once the floodgates open, you know, it, like you said, it's going to start from the top and like work its way down. And in the industry that you and I are involved in i mean i'm in the underground the fearless um they have like tier two tier one you know in general depending on the band yeah. and such um but i'm you know unless if you want to do tier three so i'd be tier three tier two tier one those tier one bands are going to mm-hmm. be like i'd be like, like i would have a feeling august burns red would definitely get some of those gigs um because they're at top of the metal scene however there are like you said there's yeah. some bands that are probably just gonna have to even wait it out when these bigger bands come in like yeah nah, like it's well that's the thing it still has to make sense you know it has to make sense with like where they are in their campaign like mm, you true. you wouldn't throw you wouldn't put a band out there if if they haven't put music out in two years right, right. especially if on the in the near future there is a plan to drop a record mm-hmm. you want to like save that moment until you're you're you know i hate to say the word selling but selling something wow, new for sure you know? yeah it's a business so. so it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, touring certainly the, a part of the business that I'm actively learning very much. Like, I, I don't know a ton about it outside of, like, being a touring musician or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I actually didn't really know a lot about behind the scenes and, and stuff. So that's a big part of like the strategy I'm still absorbing and learning. Hmm. And now it's hard to, because it doesn't exist. Right. Like where everything completely changed. And like, like, like I said earlier, the live streaming works, but I mean, like you said, how long it becomes stagnant, totally. it becomes stagnant. It's like, I've been seeing the band do so many live streams for so long. Like what's next, you know, and everybody's doing interviews, which is great. Yeah. Like everybody's definitely trying their best to get themselves out there. But I mean, it, does you know it does get probably overwhelming for the viewer be like all right i've seen in george dude it's tricky too because i don't want to i don't want to sound like this this comment i want this to come off wrong but it's like live you know the touring business for our bands is a is a massive portion of how they make their income as a as artists and so live streaming is awesome it's way to keep your fans engaged stay connected to them but you know is that making money i mean no, no, not I mean, pretty much zero, but there are ways to monetize on it and right. charge for performances and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. now you're competing against everyone else who's doing it for free. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't for know. Example, for example, neck deep, they, uh, in order to watch their content on Twitch, you have to subscribe to them. Like in the beginning, I was like, huh? Like, I don't know how I feel about that. I wonder if people are gonna jump on. Then, then I thought about it again. I was like, you know what? But they're not touring and that's their main income. So it makes sense. And yeah. they're still getting, you know, a yeah. amount of people to come in. Um, that's why I'm always thankful that anybody takes the time to come on because, you know, people ask me like, are you paying these people? It's like, no, we're just having a casual conversation. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> it's just, it's just a normal thing. But yeah, it, 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 it scares me. I mean, I know even the, it, the whole scenario is not good for the music in any industry, really, even comedians. Like it's, you know, when are they going to go back into, you know, playing at the totally. factory or something like that. I mean, my one of my biggest inspirations from this comedian Tom Segura. I mean, he's going nuts right now. So like, he's funny with his producer I did and everything. Hear, you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, yeah. So awesome. I did hear though that that comedy clubs are going to be the first round probably to open just because they are smaller. Yeah, and you can which separate is good. everybody in like you know seat you, after seat. That's that's the trick. You know, uh, venues in our scene are really not traditionally seated and that's why they're going to have a problem they could put seats in i suppose and the good thing about seats is you can like x out seats right you know but now you're at a percentage capacity i you know it's just like i don't know nothing will replace that live element drinking Mm -hmm. um jumping on each other shouting screaming it's just there is no substitute and to put that into perspective i remember seeing a show back in the day and we went and it was at the crock rock However, literally, as we were driving to the venue, we got an email notification. I don't know if it was for Ticketmaster or whatever, but the Croc Rock lost its liquor license. So mm. and that, I don't know if that venue's even up and running anymore because it was didn't look like it was oh, holding man. together. And they had some great acts, but they moved it over like a couple miles down the road at a club because it had alcohol. It was <sighs> like in, I'd never seen anything in my, like it in my life. I'm like, how do they not know, you know? There was no alcohol here. Yeah, and a bunch of metal fans, so it's you know everybody wants to drink. So Croc Rock doesn't have of alcohol. Course, yeah. now. We're going to a different venue. The venue's like, yep, come on over. Like we'll uh, we'll surprise. <laughs> like yo, like all your tickets are you know are yo. valid. You know, just bring your original ticket. Like those things. It's weird, I man. Yeah. Well, it but that's what people do. Like if you're working nine to five, I mean, I you know I still work my nine to five. Um, but it's not really nine to five. It's four mm-hmm. to twelve. But and sure. I, you know I want to go see a band that I thoroughly enjoy on a weekend with friends or significant others, whatever, I'm, 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 I'm going to take a drink or two. Like I might even designate yeah. I want to have a good time. So yeah, it does play a huge part, but isn't that crazy? Like, it, it, like something like that completely flipped 
um, the whole show to somewhere else. Like it was insane. That's I've not heard anything like that yet. That's really interesting. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Right. I mean, it was less, but that's, I've not heard that. Or there was a time wow. where at game changer in New Jersey, knock loose was playing a show. Some security guard like fucked up like big time. Uh, and then oh, no. the cops came and then they, then champs and Jersey trend, New Jersey and uh, trend. They, they hosted the show. They were like, it's a free show. Let's go. And that's a huge scene for like hardcore music and metal. So, you know, it it's not competition, but you know, you just have to abide by like what's the demand. You know? Totally, that's the business of it. Uh, we're all we've all been saying we're just so worried. Like I, I just don't want to like. I'm so sad we're gonna lose bands. You know, bands are gonna give up because they can't survive. They need to go get you know jobs, and it's like you just don't know. Like you've just seen it. You know, once you get that job, do you? Do you fall into that? Do you start just focusing on your job? I mean, it depends what it is, but mm-hmm, it's like, exactly. I just don't want to lose all these bands, you know, and people with like amazing artistic abilities and, and stuff that are being stymied by the situation. Yeah. Can't even get their art out, you know, like that, that makes me sad to think about. And I hope it's a really, I hope most can fight through it. Even if, even if they're working a lot too, most, a lot of our bands have had to pick up jobs. Yeah. You know? They have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's insane. There's no, there's no touring. I mean, you can you can do a merch drop right now right. and make several, you know, make tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. But especially now, right now, with what's going on, and it looks a little opportunistic, or it looks like you're ignoring the bigger issues on the planet, and mm-hmm. it's just a, it's all tricky, it's man. Very tricky, yeah. George, yeah. you there, dude? Something happened. What do you mean? It looks like a, it looks like a really cool, uh, Bring Me the Horizon music video right now. <laughs> no way, really. It might just be on your. Yeah, end. I'm gonna text you. I'm gonna text you a picture of what you look like That's right now. That's insane. Check this out. Oh, oh <laughs> give me a second. I'm gonna go see what my phone's all the way on the other side of the room. There we go. I think we're good as long as it's. Oh, you're back to normal, but I'm glad I caught it. Hold on, I get it. Here, hold on, here it is. You know what? that song, Sandstorm? No way. Well, it's still going. I, I, it might just be on your end, but I'm going to have to. I might have to cancel my uh, next um, guest tonight because I did order a streaming computer. Like, I'm running this off of a MacBook, and uh-huh. I've, I've been so busy. And it's been doing. It's been working fairly well, but look, I just. I think it was just me because you're back to normal now. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, um, but that was awesome. Yeah, I, I never knew of. Um, a way to you know walk like to get around you know releasing music during these, these times and we were set to record more music with my band general and then he got mm-hmm. shut down in New Jersey because New Jersey and New York were like the worst states on the east coast so he couldn't even implement he couldn't even have his business running up in general and tried to work with us you know just through his studio like it was, it was, it was not possible so it's crazy you're right it is tricky that's like the big word. It's tricky to get yourself out there to make income and also, you know, realize like how much, you know, negative situations are out there. <laughs> like, Well, eh. look, like, like with any business, right? Usually when you first start, you're not operating in the black. I mean, with right, any business, exactly. you start a business, you're in the red for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you kind of go into that knowing you have to be able to operate in that for a little bit of time. But so knowing that, but now on top of that, like it's already hard enough to, to get started in any business, mm-hmm. you know, let alone our business. It's already hard enough. But now you throw in this like 
economic factors that have never been seen by our, our generation, you know, like, I mean, we've been hit pretty hard. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's scary. You know, it's like disheartening a little bit sometimes. And you just got to believe in what you do and mm-hmm. keep going, man. Constantly always thinking of others, especially in this industry in other industries, families, people in poverty, people who can get by yep. people who have mom and pop shops. People, like I remember in the very beginning, I was ordering out a lot. Obviously, everybody's probably going to gain a little quarantine pounds. Totally, oh yeah, was. quarantine fifteen. <laughs> and I, you know, it was crazy. You know, the the dramatic loss of business was so significant that you can never compare it to like mm. doorside pickup or or getting DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever it is. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's literally not the same. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm always thinking about others, and hopefully we can find a solution to getting back into a uh, normal you know, lifestyle and open up this economy because it, I don't know, it just, me personally, I would like to see a, something great happen where everything just goes back to normal and we'll just like, eventually we'll forget about, not forget about it, but just, just, you know, let it off our shoulders, like let that weight off and just like, oh, we can go back. Yeah, it'd be good to know that like change was made, that people fucking learned something from all this, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it would just be good to see, like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I want to go back to normal too, but I also want to go back to a new, like a, a new normal, right? You know, yeah. like a place where everyone's like outside. We're comfortable seeing other people. We're not like terrified of everybody, mm-hmm. but we're also like, you know, conscious of like just the terrible uh, yes. mistreatment of certain groups of people. And I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's, swallow, honestly. It is, man. Yeah. I've been like so depressed about all this. You know, I've got a, I've got a little, a little kid. You know, and I'm like, how do I? Me and, and my wife are always talking about this. How do we communicate what's going on on the planet with him? Mm-hmm. You know, because we want to. We want him to hear it from us, and we want him to be like, look, this is what's going on, um, and this is why some people are upset. Um, I mean, oh, sorry. Now I'm talking about a specific thing, but okay. even the quarantine. Yeah. You know, like yeah. even the quarantine. Just trying to explain these things and, and trying to be like a a conscious parent is it's like all I think about. I'm like, Oh my God, like we have a kid in this crazy, scary world right now. Mm-hmm. We got to like do, we got to do more. We gotta right. Teach them, yeah, you know? exactly. And like, there's no, um, there's no handwritten book. I was always told to parenting. You just basically learn yeah. as you go kind of thing. George, you'll see, man. It just takes one time. Dude. Yep. It just takes one time. <laughs> Pull out game. And you're a dad. Pull out game might not be that strong, but that's okay. <laughs> As long as, uh, <laughs> as long as your other is well rounded. Wait, dude, you've got. I've been dying to know this this whole time. What is on your? What's on your sleeve up there? Oh, what is that tattoo? This is from my dude Nick Kaiser at Dead Meat. If you want to look him up on Instagram, it's basically an Egyptian lotus with an all-seeing eye, kind of uh, yes. correlating to um, the flower. Of oh, life you've got some, oh, I got some geometry stuff. Too. Yeah, I kind of wanted to correlate it with. Um, just uh, sacred, geom- uh, sacred geometry and math and the grand architect of the universe in a sense. So kind of, yeah, man. No, know. like, so, I mean, you've brought up Egypt now a few times on this. Do you like Egypt? Is Egypt that like a thing? a thing back in the day? Like, uh, okay. Cause I'm obsessed. Right. Yeah. Just the, in- we had our honeymoon in Egypt. No, dude. Let's go. How was it? It was the most incredible experience of our lives. Truthfully. Camels, let- Insane. Yeah. Oh yeah, camels. We we did a cruise on the Nile for like two weeks basically and saw all the all the main spots. Like got to go in the pyramid. I was the only person in the 
in the in Kupu's pyramid from the time I went to the time I left. Not a single person was there. Oh, it was just me. Not even security. Nobody. That's interesting. Spiritual moment, dude. Mm. I love you. That's crazy. I, I, I saw, like, just studying it back in uh, middle school, like, uh, sixth or seventh grade. I was just so drawn to it. And then, like, learning about it as I grew up, like, small particular things, they weren't far different from how we are with society. Like, they had bars. They had restaurants yeah. and everything. Like, it was basically the same except, you know. The well, and they'll tell you they invented all of it. Yeah. Sorry. No, Keep you're going. good. Yeah, you're good. The only thing I don't like about it is, is the slaving. But, you know, other than that, like. Totally. Yeah, it was an interesting yep. time period for sure. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But they like, I just, I don't know. I, we came home with a lot more questions than when we left to go there. Like it just makes you, it made us just completely question like this planet and how old it is. And Oh dude, it was the best. It's so good. I love when you do something that just like opens your mind like that. Yep. Yeah. No, I makes you think history. Are you a huge history buff? Is that like, you're good. Uh, yeah, now that I'm an adult, yeah. now that I'm not getting graded on it. Because <laughs> you're, you're like, I didn't I give a shit when I was younger. <laughs> I'm the same and now I'm dog. older and I'm like obsessed. I'm like, guys, where do we come from? We need to learn. Yeah. Let's ask Alex Jones. Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's coming in. He's coming in. Alex, Alex, um, <laughs> the water turns the frogs <laughs> gay? I don't know, dude. I don't know. A lot of the stuff that guy says is crazy. Um, yeah, so I, I want to finish the sleeve. He's a fantastic tattoo artist. And I worry about him, too. Eventually, I think he'll come on the podcast. I haven't heard from him in a little bit. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, because he owns his tattoo shop. We talked about it. And, you know, now that everything's happening, I just hope he's okay. So, Nick, I yeah, love you, buddy. I know. A lot of artists, man. Tough. Tough for a lot of artists and a lot of industries right now. It sucks. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, hopefully, we can get back to it eventually. Um, what What is your – what is – like – as a curious, you know, individual like myself, having the podcast, <laughs> what do you? What is your next step that you kind of want to involve yourself in, whether it's in the industry or something in your career? Like, do you have another step that you kind of look forward to? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I mean, I'm constantly joking with like my coworkers or the bands. Like, I would, I do miss playing like a lot. I miss play. playing yeah. live, but so do all of our bands. <laughs> they all miss playing live. Yeah. Um, that's something I think of. I don't know. Is that realistic right now? Probably not. Um, I'm, I've always really wanted to start a brand. I've been like looking into that a little bit, just like, you know, doesn't, I'm not saying it has to be the most successful thing ever. I just want to try mm-hmm. it. Like something that I created and own and it's out there and something I can just be passionate about, like personally, right. creatively. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I just want to keep growing and uh, at, at fearless. And I want to just like, I want to keep attaching myself to just a really ama- amazing records. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You, you know, sometimes you get really great songs and I'm not saying it fearless. I just mean in general, sometimes there are really great songs, but they're performed so terribly. Mm. Right. But, and sometimes you have terrible songs that are just incredibly performed. And so I, I guess the only reason I, I'm saying that is to say that you don't really know. I've got a ton of records we we have a ton of ton of records coming out that are so good, mm. but it's like it, that doesn't necessarily always mean it's gonna like stick and become this the next important record for a group of people or an age group, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to think that some of these ones coming out will be, and I just want to keep attaching myself to those and know when that when my son is going to a record store or wherever he goes to find music as an adult or a teenager, I can be like, oh, you like you like this, guess. 
guess who had a part in it? Check out these liner notes, man. Oh, let's go. You know, that'd be, that'd be so special to me. And uh, my next like big goal is I just like, ever since I was a kid, I want, I want like a gold record on my wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that for sure. So no, it's not. It's a dream it's and, it's, and it's a goal and aspiration. Like, you know, with something that you just put into what you love to do, like if that's your music and it just, you know, it becomes something like that, that's, that's awesome. Like that's a feel good moment. Just to know yeah. I had a little part in it would just be so cool. You know, mm-hmm. it just made me feel proud. You know, I am proud already, but it'd just be, that's always been that's a, awesome. Maybe we'll start a side win. project. I don't know. Well, I'll start writing beats for Let's you or something. You know I mean? We'll get John involved. We'll yeah. make John play guitar or something. He's trying to play drums too. Dude. John plays guitar. Yeah. And he plays drums. I think. Oh, yeah. He's a vocalist. Hey man, we'll be the next postal service. We'll just send it. You know, online to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I would look forward to that. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm writing music for Poeta right now, but like, there's nothing. I just can't play shows. Like, or not. No, I. That's not what I mean. I can't really like tour because I work full time. You know what I mean? So, that's gonna. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, we took a hiatus, and I tried suggesting not doing it, and then we did it anyways. It was like whatever, and then it kind of you know pushed back. I was like, that's okay, whatever. We'll still release cool music. Fuck it. Yeah, man. You're putting out new music. Like, just just see where that leads you, yeah, man. Exactly. You know, I mean, the good thing that the position you're in right now is no one's playing out. Um, you know, you can just keep releasing tons of stuff. And if you start getting re- response, you might be able to convince yourself, your boss, you know, your family. Like, actually, this isn't going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. I can't wait for my computer to get in here so I can start cooking up to my interface. I have a Scarlet Ten. What is it? A Ten something. Uh, 10, uh, 18, I-90, dude. Cause I, you know, wanted to record drums, but this, this whole podcast is going to be, yeah. and I'll have you guys back on. I think like what I'm going to implement next is like multiple guests. So like, we'll just like all hang out or something like you, John, like, we'll maybe we'll get like yeah, a dude, team going on or something. It's an honor to be a part dude, of this dude. right now. Like, thank you it's so much. Like I'd be you, any, anytime you ever want to talk and just mess around. I am always here, dude. It's a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure, dude. Um, so I, you know, hope everybody stays safe, like you, your wife, and your kid. Um, I really appreciate Thanks, you coming you on. Too. This was a great time. I'm gonna, you know, definitely, you know, keep uh, keep some thoughts in the back of my head so I can send those drum ideas to you, and then we'll try to, you know, sure, dude. implement that. That'd be fucking. Badass. Hey, man, if you ever want to talk about music, this weird business we're in, or just like marketing, dude, I'm always happy to talk about that stuff. We can talk about your band, talk about you, anytime, man. Honestly. This dude, you, everybody from Fearless, you guys are fucking sweethearts, man. Like all of you, every single person. Oh, thanks. Bands, yeah, it's a good, good people, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'll have your episode uploaded within the week, and I'll let you know what's going on. So, I appreciate you having the time. Thanks, Stay dude. safe, brother. I really appreciate you. You too, man. I appreciate you, and just keep doing it, dude. I love this. You're awesome. Stop. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Absolutely. All right. Take care. <laughs>